0: Good evening. If you have your Bibles tonight and you would turn with me to the book of 2 Samuel chapter number 13. 2 Samuel chapter 13. Tonight we are going to look at a story in the Bible that is very tragic. A story about a man who made some very bad decisions in his life. And I think this is very relevant in our time that we live in today. I think it's been relevant pretty much all throughout history as well. And God really gives us a good look here at the depravity of man. How sinful man is and how we can make some really bad decisions So, we're going to start in verse number one of 2 Samuel chapter 13 and follow along as we read a couple verses to start. And it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Now, it says it came to pass after this, the chapter before this, David had just been confronted by Nathan the prophet about his immorality and the affair that he had and the fact that he had her husband killed as well. A lot of issues going on in David's life. Now we see this within his family, that he had a son, Amnon, and that he loved Tamar. Now Tamar was his half-sister. So we know that this love is forbidden. This is not something that God allows us to do. God commanded against this. And verse 2 says, And Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister, Tamar. For she was a virgin, and Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. Tonight we're going to take a look at the life of Amnon. And I will be very discreet in how I describe things because I know our audience. But... The reality of it is, there is great danger in immorality. And the reality is that all of us as humans, we have desires within us. And if we don't train our children, and if we don't really guard ourselves, then we can fall to things that we would never imagine. So tonight, I want to really give us a burden, and and really just to put ourselves to set ourselves up better to watch for these things in our, the lives of our children and in the lives of ourselves. So let's begin with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this church. I thank you for your goodness to us. I pray that you would be with our pastor as he's away, that you'd watch over him, give him protection, and just give him the words as he preaches, Lord. And I pray tonight for this very sermon that, Holy Spirit of God, you would speak. I pray that You would guide my tongue and my thoughts and just help me to say, Lord, what You would have this church to hear. This is Your church, God, and I pray that this message would be delivered in a way that would honor and glorify You. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So first tonight, the first thought I have with this is that Amnon had the wrong mind. And he did. Because in his mind, he had a desire for his half-sister that was wrong. And like I said, in Leviticus chapter 18, I'm not going to turn there, but you could read there, really the forbidden marriages that God put in place. And one of them would be with your half-sister. So right off the bat, this should have never continued to be a thought in the mind of Amnon. But it was. The Bible says that he was so vexed over this that he fell sick for her. It affected him. He he continued to dwell on these things. He continued to allow this influence in his life that God strictly said was wrong. In this world, it's more and more and more just teaching people to live by the desires of their heart. And there is so much danger in that. The Bible tells us that our heart is deceitful and that it's wicked. And we need God's help. I, as a Christian man, I need God's help today. God designed marriage. And He made it a beautiful thing. In Genesis, when God made Adam and Eve, I, I, I just read over this again, and uh, he, he created Adam, and, and as Adam was there in the garden, God said He needs a help meet for him. He needs someone to complete him. And God made a woman. And He made that first marriage. And God made specific things to be done in that marriage. But the corruption of man as time went on, man took what God made and he turned it into something wrong and evil. And that's where we stand today. Right away, Amnon should have realized that these thoughts in his heart were wrong. In Romans chapter 12, you don't have to turn there, just listen. Most people know this verse. These two verses are very familiar but there's such a good truth in this. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Look at this next verse. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Two things I want to focus in on that second verse. Look at that word. I think about this word transformed. The word transformed is is to change us into something different, a different form. You can think of a butterfly as it turns, or the caterpillar that turns into the butterfly. It, it changes its form. And the Bible says that God wants us to be transformed. When we're lost, when we don't know God, all you know is wickedness and corruptness. But when, when Jesus comes in, He wants to transform our lives. But the Bible's very clear, I think, right here on how that happens. Because we need to be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. That word renewing, it means renovation. It means to completely change something for the better. You see, when, when God makes a difference in our life, when, when you were lost and you came to Jesus and He saved you, Your mind, just like my mind, was corrupt. You had a lot of thoughts that weren't right, that weren't true. And the Bible says that we have to reconstruct our mind to follow God. To follow God's ways. You see, my thoughts weren't right when I came to the Lord. And now God wants me to renew my mind and to follow Him. And here's the thing. We allow so many things into our minds and into our homes that do so much damage to our thoughts, to our hearts. And that's so important today. Uh, pastor's going through the book of Mark, and he he got to that place where the Pharisees, where he was speaking to the Pharisees, and, and they were so concerned with what was on the outside. But Jesus said, you don't understand. It's what's inside that defiles you. It's the inside of man. Our heart is corrupt. And we need... I'm telling you today, we need to guard and protect our minds. Amnon did not do that. Amnon did not change his thoughts. He didn't say, is this thought from God? He just went with it and he let it consume him. And this happens. Now remember, adults in this room today, this message that I bring to you is about immorality. We can apply it in different areas of our life, but, but we all know the dangers and the temptations of immorality in our lives. We all do. We're in a battle today. We're in a battle for, for our children, for our own lives. And the devil knows exactly where to hit. And you know where he hits us? He hits us in our mind. That's where he starts it. That's where he starts it. And a lot of times, I think some people are just... They act so oblivious to it. Like, oh, you know... I can watch what I want to watch, do what I want to do, and it's not really going to affect me. That is not true. It's not true at all. We have so much technology today, and I fear that sometimes real true believers who love God, they turn on things in their home, who, they have little children, and you put your child in front of this TV In Hollywood, they produce these movies and these shows, and what they teach your children is that immorality is acceptable, that you can live however you want to live. And you say, they don't put that in little kids' shows. They absolutely do. And that is not just a coincidence. It's the attack of devil on the family today. And there are so many people that fall prey to this. And it's so damaging, and it's so hurtful. And the devil knows it. The devil knows what's in our hearts, and he tempts us he brings these things to us and you teach your children to, to you know uh, about marriage and about waiting and about abstinence and about what a godly marriage looks like and then if you sit them in front of this TV and they sit here and they watch these things that the world says is acceptable and okay then we're just it's counterproductive isn't it it is we need to be on guard It matters. It matters what your kids watch. It matters. By the way, it doesn't just matter what your kids watch when you put them to bed and say, all right, uh, my kids are in bed, now it's time for Dad or Mom to watch this. Why is it okay for us, right? It's not. And, you know, maybe you say, well, I've done this and I know it's wrong. Well, make it right tonight. This is not something to play around with. This is dangerous. This is, your mind and your heart is not something that you should neglect, but you should take it very seriously. Because the devil is chipping away at us. Why bring this garbage in? It's like we set our kids down and say, devil, teach them. That's what it's like doing. Saying, alright Satan, have your work in it. Oh, that's not going to affect my kid. They know it's just a the show. They know it's not real. They know I teach them this and that. But no, it doesn't work that way. Their minds, I tell you what, the mind of a child is just so moldable. And, and we ought to be so devoted and dedicated to molding the mind of our child to glorify and honor God. And when we allow them to see things that this world displays, it's, it's, not, it's not doing that for them. And you know, everybody has their own rules. You raise your kids in the way that you want, and, and, and I'm not going to tell you how to raise them, but but Be careful. Music. Music matters to me. Music is important. I read a book on music and just the influence that it had on, on young people and adults. And you, you know, these lyrics that play and sometimes we think, it's oh, that's, that's not that big. It is. It's, it's getting into our minds and our hearts. It is. The world, it's so, it's so funny, the world is so against bringing a Bible into school. Why? because they know that repetition of it, these things can get into the heart and minds of children. So they're like, oh, I don't want this. But then we as Christians, we, we know the Bible's true, we believe the Bible, but then we bring in these influences like it's not a big deal, and it is. It is. It matters. Social media. Kids younger and younger and younger, they get social media, they, they get on there with their friends, they're saying things, they're talking... Well, I trust old Johnny. He's going to do what's right. He's a good boy. I'm sorry, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It's not, that, it's not that I don't love my kids. It's because I do love my kids. And I know there's dangers. And I'm not just going to walk away blindly and say, ah, oh, it's going to be out. No, God has entrusted us with our children. God has. And He wants us to raise them in a fashion where they know God and they know how to live for God. And immorality is a big downfall in our society today. Amnon, he he claimed that he loved his sister. Look in uh, verse number... Let's read verse number 3. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimeah, David's brother, and Jonadab was a very subtle man. And he said unto him, Why art thou, being the king's son, lean from day to day? Why do you look so sick? Wilt thou not tell me? And Amnon said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. We're going we're to unfold this story tonight. Amnon said, I love her. But the reality of it is Amnon really didn't love Tamar. He had the it was the exact opposite. He had no he didn't love her. He didn't care for her. We watch we watch as as if you watch movies or shows or whatever, they display what a relationship should look like and they show you know, a man and a woman, they, they, they love each other, so we're gonna live together and we're gonna, we're, you know, we're just gonna do whatever we want, whatever we feel, and that just sort of becomes the norm. It's normal. In fact, it, most people today think it's normal for a man and a woman to just live together before marriage. It could be years and years and years. In fact, why even get married? They think that they could enjoy what God intended for only marriage. We can enjoy it anytime with anybody. And that's what the world teaches us. The world says that's love. That's not love. You know what's love? God is love. If you want to know what love looks like, look to the Bible. If you want to know what love looks like, study God. God shows you what love is. And it's so cheap to just say, I love you. But can't you just see young people, teenagers, oh, I love you. Oh, you know, the girls get all excited. He loves me. He cares so much for me. He doesn't know what love is. He doesn't understand that. Right now, his mind's on so many different things. I'm telling you right now, he doesn't understand that. And you might look at me like I'm crazy, young people, and think, oh, you don't understand. He really does love me. I tell you what, if he loves you, then he's going to love God. He's going to respect you. He's going to respect God's commandments. And if he doesn't, he doesn't really love you. Man, man will say so many things just to get to the heart of a woman, young people. Young boys will say so many things that they don't mean just to get to your heart. They do it. I once was a young boy. I, I you know, I'm not going to deny the, the feelings in my own heart. I'm not, I'm not going to stand up here and say that I'm, I'm better than everybody else. I've never had any wrong desires, any wrong feelings. But I tell you what, as, as I raise my little girls, it matters to me. It matters a lot to me. And first time some boy comes around, it it's <laughs> it matters. I don't know how I'm going to respond, but it matters, and it really does. Not, not just so I can be that you know proud dad would come to my house and I'm cleaning my gun, but <laughs> in reality, <laughs> in reality, it matters. Why? Because it matters to God. And you better never come trying to hurt my little girls. The devil wants him though. The devil wants your children. He wants to deceive them, lie to them. And immorality, I tell you what, it is so deceptive. You cannot just follow your heart. Look look at the divorce rate today. People just say, "Man, I fell out of love with my wife or my husband. It just it doesn't you know, it's just not doing it for me anymore. But I met this other girl and she's so much better." And your heart, your heart may lead you in that direction. But there's a reason why. Because you didn't guard it and protect it. You started talking. Maybe it was just innocent talking at first. Then you started building a relationship with this person. This is wrong. It's wrong! What's the answer? Don't even start! Don't start. Don't let your mind go there. Listen, keep your mind firm on the Bible and say, this is my wife. I love her. Things may not go good right now, but I love her, and I'm not going to leave her. Because number one, I really care for her. But number two, God commanded me. And I made a promise before God and I made a promise to her that I'm going to love her till the day I die. We need that today. We need that. You know, uh, there was a a survey in 2017. I didn't look real long, but from the ages of 15 to 19 of teen pregnancy, in 2017, there was 194,377 in America. It's actually on the decline, they say. And 82, I'm sorry, 89.2 percent of these were unmarried girls because they were in high school, right? And I think one of the reasons why they can look at this study and say, "Well, it's on the decline; it's getting better." No, I think one of the reasons is is because in schools today they teach your children not to abstain from these things. By the way, it's not it's okay not to abstain, but to be safe. Well, that's not right. That's not the answer. The answer, I think some of them are so proud of themselves. Oh, I taught them how to be safe at this. That's not the answer. The answer is none. Why? Because God said that. And also, I think another thing that contributes to it, and this is so sad, but teenagers in this country, they get abortions too. It's amazing how, how this boy can come in and say, I love you so much, I care for you so much, and then as soon as she gets pregnant, he's gone. He's out of the picture. Why? Because he never loved her in the first place. And then this girl's left all by herself. She doesn't know what to do. And another one of her problems is she never was taught, hey, listen, this is not right. This is going to ruin your life. This is going to destroy you. Enjoy your childhood. Enjoy, enjoy your friends. Don't, don't worry about all these things. But these emotions and desires, they, they start coming into us. By the way, God made these desires, and like I said in the beginning, they're not wrong inside of marriage. Listen to this verse out of Hebrews. The Bible says in Hebrews thirteen four, Marriage is honorable and all in the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. God will judge them. It's pretty clear, isn't it? There's not a lot of explaining on that verse. We understand what that means. So, First off, we were looking at this wrong mindset that Amnon had. But then secondly, tonight, I want to think about Amnon had the wrong friend. And we read that verse about Amnon had a friend, verse 3. And then his friend asked him, what's, what's wrong? What's bothering you? And he said, oh, I, love, I love Tamar. And then Jonadab said unto him in verse 5, Lay thee down on thy bed, and make thyself sick. And when thy father cometh to thee, say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister Tamar come and give me meat and dress the meat in my sight that I may see it and eat it at her hand. So he comes up with this plan. He gives them some advice, and this is terrible advice. And Amnon follows it very quickly. And I just want to say the importance of and I, and I preached a message, it wasn't too long ago, on the sins of Jeroboam, and, and I saw the same kind of thing about his counselors that he had. He had bad counselors. But, and, and, I, and I mentioned that there, and I'll mention it here, because I think it really is important and worth mentioning. The friendships that our children have are very important. They're important. It matters. It matters, especially now that a lot of kids, they carry around their own personal phone. So what they say, what they do, what they talk about many times, and even in homes where there's Christians, they do it in secret, and, and, and the parents have no idea. Well, first off, shame on us for having no idea. That is a shame on us. And second off, guard this. Protect this. Watch this. Who are their friends? Who Who is their close friend? Because that matters. He listened to this... Irrational thinking of this guy. And this guy, he's, he's a bonehead. He told him to do this, this awful thing. And he, did, he didn't care. Listen, that, that friend that he had right there didn't care one thing about him. He didn't. Because he gave him one of the world's like, worst advice ever to do. Does that, do you think that's a good friend? If our friends are giving us advice to turn away from God's word and dis- to disobey it, that's not a good friend. That's not a good friend. I had friends in high school, and and we did stupid stuff sometimes. And before I came here to Christian school, I had I had friends that honestly I wouldn't associate with now today. But at that time in my life, I you know there were people I hung around with I I shouldn't have. And when you, tell your, when you tell your kids this, let me tell you this. They're not always going to give you the most welcoming response ever. But that doesn't matter. Your kid may be upset with you for a while. Your kid may, may say, oh, Dad, you don't understand. Everybody else is doing this. Everybody else is talking like this. Everybody else has friends like this. Why can't I? Why? Because we love you, right? We care about you. We care about your future. We care about what happens in your life. Amnon, he he needed some good advice. And I want to take this moment in in this service tonight to talk about really us as a church and us as parents and us as Christians in general. The world struggles with this, and we know that. But let me tell you this. More than likely tonight, there are people in this church who struggle with this right now. With thoughts in their mind, thoughts in their heart. And I have advice for you. My advice for you tonight is if, I've, if while we, uh, we've been going through this and preaching this, God has spoken to your heart, do not hesitate to get on your face tonight at this altar and say, God, help me. You know, maybe you haven't went that far yet, but maybe you've been flirting with this sin. Get it right tonight. Say, God, I'm wrong. I want this out of my mind. I want this out of my heart. God, help me. But then secondly, find someone in this church, a godly man or woman, a friend that you trust. And this is where it can be difficult, even teenagers or adults, is being honest about where we're at. It's saying, listen, I'm struggling with this. and You know, Pastor, I'm sure he would openly welcome these conversations with you. And for your children, have these, have these conversations with your children. I'm not to this place in life yet where I had to have this conversation. And I'm sure it's going to be a very awkward conversation. But here, here's the thing. When I, when I teach my girls about these things from the Word of God, I want to be the one who teaches them, not the world, not their friends, not, you know, not movies and TV. I want to be that one. And I want to, you know, I want to show them the Bible, even if it's awkward. It might, it's going to be awkward, probably. I don't know. I've never had to do it. I may come to some of you guys and say, "Man, help me. How'd you do it?" (laughs) But here's the here's the reality: we can't just avoid it and act like it's not there. You can't just say, "Oh, you know, they're never going to have. They're going to have those desires. They're going to have wrong desires." You can't just push it off and ignore it and say, ah, we'll talk about it some other time. They're going to get curious. They're going to want to know. And we, knowing the Bible, should take the time to show them. Because it's in the Bible. Like I said, we're not going to go, I'm not going to go into great detail. I don't want to teach your younger kids. I don't want them hearing something that they're going to come home tonight and say, Mom, Dad, what does this mean? You, you, you guys will have to do that on your own terms. But, but listen, we need to teach our children. We need to be good counselors. But don't just teach your children. If, if a brother or sister ever comes to you in this congregation and says, listen, I need help, help them. Help them. This is a struggle. The devil is after people today. And this is one way that he pulls people down through fornication and immorality. But then lastly tonight, we're going to look at um, Amnon had a devastating end. So then, verse 7, we'll take back up in verse number 7. The Bible says, Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, Go now to thy brother Amnon's house and dress his meat. So remember, Amnon had this plan. And so Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he was laid down, and she took flour and kneaded it, and made cakes in his sight and did bake the cakes. And she took a pan and poured them out before him, but he refused to eat, and Amnon said, have out all the men from me. And they went out every man from him. So he sends, out, he sends out everybody from the room. This is where he makes a huge mistake. Amnon said unto Tamar, bring the meat into the chamber, that I may eat of thy hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them into the chamber to Amnon her brother. And when she had brought them unto him to eat, he took hold of her and said, come, lie with me, my sister." she answered him, Nay, my brother, do not force me, for, su- for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not thou this folly, and I, whither shall I cause my shame to go? And as for thee, thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, speak unto the king, for he will not withhold me from thee. Albeit he would not hearken unto her voice, but being stronger, than she forced her and lay with her. Look at verse 15. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly. He got exactly what he wanted, didn't he? But what did he do after that? The Bible says he hated her. That's an interesting, interesting statement there. And I, you know, I think there's a lot to that. I think one of the, one, a title I was going to call this before... I really don't know what my title is going to be, by the way, Aaron. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm terrible at titles one of the titles I was going to preach on sin cannot satisfy. Because Amnon thought, he, he thought, man, if I could just get this, what I want, it's going to be so great. But as soon as he got it, what did he do? He hated her. He probably hated himself. And then it says, so that, he, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Amnon said, her, no, arise, be gone. So he says, get out of my sight. This is a horrible event in time. By the way, David just struggled with something like this, right? And there his son struggled with it. I think we could line that up today. I'm not going to do that, but I'm sure Abnon learned some things maybe from his father that were not good, not good attributes. But this decision that he made was was irreversible, by the way. The devil likes to put out sin in front of us like it's a wonderful thing. Like it's, a, like, it's a, like it's something that's, that's just going to be so great and, and you're going to enjoy life so much. And sin has pleasure for a season. The Bible tells us that even. But once that season's done and gone, all the pleasure's gone. And what you're left with is a broken heart, a broken home, a broken life. In James, uh, James chapter 1, 14 and 15, the Bible says, But every man is tempted... When he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So first the temptation comes in. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. That's the end of sin. That's the end result of sin. But see, the devil, he doesn't want you to look at the end. He wants you to look at right now. Right now. How do you feel right now? What do you want right now? Take it right now. He wants us to do things without thinking about the future consequences. And young people, when you're in the moment and it's the right now, it may look good, it may seem great, it may seem like a good idea, but I'm telling you what, people have made decisions that have ruined the rest of their lives in just a split second. And this is what Amnon did. By the way, Absalom, he would make sure that Amnon paid for this, and he did. He had him killed. Amnon didn't live much longer because Absalom hated him. He was very upset with him. How many times have we seen marriages destroyed by immorality? Maybe you know somebody personally. How many times have we seen ministries in a church destroyed? Men who were pastors... Who preached the word of God faithfully, and they gave in to a temptation, and it destroyed their entire ministry. How many times do we see that? In this case, we saw the lives destroyed of Tamar and Amnon. I mean, Tamar would never be the same again. She was a virgin. She, 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 and then, I'm telling you what, and, and we don't have a lot about her here, but. This had a destroyer. I mean, it would be so difficult to. You would live with this for the rest of your life. Decisions we make affect our lives. And many times they affect us in a negative way for the rest of our life, and we'll carry that guilt and we'll carry that sin. And I know that Jesus forgives sin, and praise God for that. But you have to admit, if you ever found yourself in that place and you gave into that temptation, Yes, Jesus, He'll forgive that sin, but that doesn't mean that the hurt that you caused and that, that's in your heart even is just going to vanish. We ought to think about these things. we so sometimes we're just we're too easy to flirt with sin, and any sin can bring devastating effects into your life. But I tell you what, immorality can bring some of the most devastating effects into a family of all the sins. Can bring so much hurt, so much heartache. That's exactly what the devil wants today, isn't it? So my encouragement to you tonight, be aggressive. Be aggressive with your children at finding out. Don't be, don't be a parent who just says, I don't know what's going on, I don't really want to get. Get involved. If you give your kid a phone, that's that's watch it. Don't just say they're going to do everything that's right. Don't just trust in that. Protect them. Especially your young men. Protect them. I I can stand up here and tell you right now, help your young men. Fathers in here, teach your young boys the importance of this. Teach them how to treat women. Teach them how to wait. Teach them the importance of all these things. And don't let them be influenced by the world. The world just says, oh, that's just a guy being a guy. That's not how a man of God should ever act. That's not being a man. It's not being a man when I go to work and I, and I tell dirty jokes. It's not being a man when, when I stare all the time. That's not right. Jesus came and He said, if we lust in our heart, because they were talking about adultery. He said, if you look after a woman and lust in your heart, you're committing adultery. Why did He say that, I believe? Because He knows where it starts. Right here in the heart. That's where it begins. It begins right here. Church, we need God's help. It's not getting easier. It's not getting better. And and, and honestly, and, and I don't I have responsibility for myself. But even being a man, the way that people dress today is not easier. They, they, they make it more challenging. I can't change how they're going to dress, but I can change how I look at things, how I think about things. I can't make a woman put on more clothing, but I can turn my eyes. I can, make, I can keep my heart. I can guard my heart. And, and I know I'm going back to this, but I just really think so many times when, when, when people just watch this garbage... We just let so many things into our hearts. And the devil, I, I think he has a heyday on that stuff. He says, all right, they turn that on again, great. Let me get in your mind, let me get in your heart. Let me put these thoughts in here. Don't say, I'm above that. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a grown man. I, I'm above that. Don't think that. Because there's been many men who have thought that down through the centuries. Let's be careful with our kids. We need God in our, in our church, in our homes. We don't, we don't want to come here to church, show our kids one thing, and then let them hear something else at home. Don't be that kind of Christian. Don't be that kind of parent. Show them what Christianity is. Show them that you need to not just not go around fornication, but you need to flee from it. Run away from it. Don't say, I'm strong enough, but run from it. We need God's help tonight.